Hey there, welcome to the Saints Hangout Podcast. Every word has been designed to bless, empower, and edify you as we search and teach through the scriptures. And now, here's today's podcast. Pray that in the name of Jesus, that the power of your word will be experienced by everyone that would listen to this. And we pray that the peace of God would enrich and would envelope everyone in our various homes in all that we do in jesus name we pray amen amen once again thank you so much for taking time to be here today definitely would be the last episode that we will have with our subject the peace of god and it is i hope that what we've taught so far has been a blessing to everyone who has taken time to you know be part of this and for those as well listening on the podcast it is my prayer that you use these words that you've heard to let it be a source of strength a source of hope to you knowing that the peace of god is with you today as i said it's going to be the the final lap and i just want to talk about certain things that are um, maybe for the lack of you know i'm trying not to left me out i'll say let's just call it part four But if you had to, I'm very comfortable with just calling it part one, part two, part three, part four. Because ultimately, the the key focus of what the discourse is about being the peace of God. But if there are certain things, maybe for the sake of those in the media that want to maybe archive this, we can maybe call it one of the things that we'll talk about today. We can tell it um, attributes, some of the peace attributes. Uh, peace attributes, which pretty much means the characteristics, the some of the things that are, um, are are significant to one who walks in accordance with the peace of God, and it's important for us to know this because there are certain things that you must know as a Christian with respect to what you have. For example, you would see places in the scriptures where what where uh, words were said like. What I have, I give unto you. That means, you know, what you, what, you, what you have in your custody as a Christian, which I think I've talked about, and in one of the episodes, either in part two or part three, we must know what we have as Christians. We must know what we have as Christians. Uh, let me just quickly read a scripture here. Um, John in 16. John in 16. Let's just open with this. Okay, let's start in verse 31. John 16 in verse 31. Let's just open with it. The Bible says, And Jesus answered them, Do ye now, do ye, do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh that ye shall be scattered every man of his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Verse 33 of John 16. He says, These things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. These things... I have spoken to you that in me, yes, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You know, I remember we read John 14 as well. We read Philippians 4 in all of the various parts that we've talked about. So you can always go back to listen to all of that. But I'm starting here, you know, when I call it attributes of, you know, the peace we're speaking about. Here you would see Jesus categorically talking about, he says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me ye might have peace. And one of the first attributes I want to open, uh, open this conversation with first is, there is no peace outside the person of Christ. That's the truth. 
because you we we need to come to that summary we need to come to that summary you have to have it at the state of your mind that peace is not what you get because you have money peace is not what you get because you have a beautiful house because you have the peace we are talking about the number one attribute that i want to leave with everyone listening you know that we privilege to listen to this is one that peace only comes through the person of Christ and that's why John says here in verse 33 he says the things I have spoken unto you the these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace now you really need to be very very um, uh, put your focus on that word because the next thing he said he said in the world you shall have many tribulations and that's why living a life as a Christian is not tribulation free I must say that again there is no place where the scriptures or Jesus or God never promised any Christian that, you know, as long as you are in this world, you are going to live tribulations free. That is, you know, you must be ready to get that out of your mind. As long as you are in this world, as long as you are in this body of clay called flesh, as long as you still draw oxygen to survive, there would always be one thing or the other that would always want to check this, check that, um, and, and, you know, bring, raise storms. That's the reason why when you look at um, Genesis, the scriptures, the, the, the intro, when God made man, one of the things you need to see, which I think I have taught as well before, the Bible says when God made man, he said replenish, multiply, you know, all those things that God commanded. One attribute that God also said, he said subdue, subdue. And if you notice then, that was before um, coronavirus, before you couldn't pay your rent before any of those challenges that most people today would think and think, oh, um, um, oh, this, these are the issues, this are that. The Bible said God instructed Adam and Eve. He said subdue. That is to let you know that you know you don't subdue if if God, God would not have mentioned or used the word subdue if there are not things that are trying to fight back. If there are not things that are trying to wage, um, raise their heads, if there are not things that are trying to check your um, your personality as an individual or your personality as a Christian, that's why God would put subdue. Subdue is not a word you use for someone who you don't put, uh, you don't you don't expect him to at least triumph over a situation. God Himself knew right from the Garden of Eden that hey. There might be things. It could be you discovering how to plant the new uh, garden. Whatever it is, it was already built in our DNA to subdue. And that's why eventually when Christ came, he said that, that in me, ye might have peace. For in the world you would have many tribulations, but be of good cheer. Now that's another part that I'm going to be taking. He said, be of good cheer. There is a posture a custodian of peace must have. There is a posture when you are not of good cheer it's either you are not the, you are not walking on the word or maybe you're forgotten or you don't have the scripture at the back of your mind he already said i've spoken to you that in me you might have peace in me you might have peace you say that to yourself in christ i have peace despite the the, the challenges despite whatever you 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 make that your confession i permit the peace of god to rule my heart that's how you walk in those attributes because as i said if you are not alive or if you are not open to know that come i have these things in custody you would let the devil come around you to lie to you 
And I said it last week. The devil, the Bible, according to the definition of the, 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 the adversary, he says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So when you permit him to have first phase, he's not going to end there. It's going to keep going until he completes his full agenda, which is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why we have to be wise as children of God. That's why we have to be very sensitive as God's people. That's why we have to be informed. We have to be informed to understand that when the Bible says that you shall have many tribulations, but be of good cheer. That's another attribute of one that operates the peace of God. You always have joy in your spirit. You always have joy in your spirit. And that joy is not what the earth gives. Is not what, what your bank account gives. Is not what your whatever earthly uh, presence would give. That joy, as I've explained over the time, it's a spiritual source. And if that joy... You know, the Bible says it is with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. How you withdraw from the bank of heaven, joy has to be in it. And if joy is in, is in it, obviously as well, it is accompanied with peace. With peace. That peace will be there. And you have to make do to say to yourself, the peace of God is enough for me. And I really, I think I need to dwell on that part. And maybe um, maybe me shake some tables. As, as Christians, until you are able to say to yourself that the peace of God is enough for me. Because, the, you know, when you look at one of the things or the gimmicks that the devil tries to use, you know, one of it is the, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You see, all those things are the things he throws at people. And if you are not in a, on a realm whereby you can say to yourself, the peace of God is, su- is sufficient for me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When you don't surround yourself with such words, with such scripture, and you let it register at the back of your mind, you would see the tribulation around and you start to fidget. You start to murmur. You start to do all those things, which as of last week I talked about saying fear. You know, I really took time to break down fear last week, saying fully well that we cannot allow it to come in. It's not so much about that fear has anything to do or has any strength over you but the moment you permit it to come in if you remember you know my illustration i said it's just like someone drinking under the influence your decisions can never be trusted once you're under the influence you know and that's the same way fear is when it comes or you allow it to garnish your heart or to rob your spirit it impacts your decision making that's why the scriptures told every one of us in joshua it says guard your heart Guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. God wasn't playing around. Listen, as long as you're a Christian, the source of the things that your life would be built upon is flowing from you, not outside. Don't be too quick to judge from the things happening outside with your spirit. You know, with your spirit, with your spirit, you can you can you can draw things out. You know, I was sharing with someone yesterday while talking, and, and I said to God, everything responds to words because God created everything by words. So if you are one who is a student of the spirit, you don't you are not <laughs> you are not moved by when things are happening around. It's that uh, you 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 learn to act God in every situation, how you speak to things as though 
you know, you, you, you speak to them as though you are talking to a, 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 someone beside you that can hear you. And those are some of the things you, you, you see in the scriptures. You know, for example, the scripture said, He has said, so that we might boldly say, The Lord is our refuge, the Lord is our fortress. When you have words around you, child of God, it is not just for you to read or for you to know that, okay, Jesus spoke these words. No, it is for you to be able to use those words as pillars in which your life will be built upon as pillars in which you would you would uh, uh, uh you, you would surround yourself with quickly let's check something in colossians quickly colossians in one colossians in one the bible says i'm reading colossians one starting from verse 18 the bible says um and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in him all things might have preeminence Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now look at verse 20. He says, and having made peace, having made peace through the blood of through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I say whether things, whether they be things on the earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now ye have been reconciled. Now, the reason why I'm reading this, another attribute of this piece that we're talking about, which I think from the first episode, I literally broke it down. Every Christian in the world today, you already have peace with God. I need to say that so that someone someone would, would hear it again. You already have peace. And that's the reason why verse, verse 20 says, And having made peace, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and reconciled all things. Now he said, you that you were sometimes far away from God. The Christian today should not be far away from God. Should not be. Should not be. That's why you cannot allow the worries, the tribulations, the perils, the, the, the challenges. Do not let all those things uh, put fear in your spirit, which on the, uh, on the outturn would chase away faith. And then you start struggling with your walk with God. You start struggling with your walk with God. What do I mean by struggle? Because I said I said certain things last week. The Bible has already explained categorically, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Every Christian should be a God pleaser. That means every Christian should be a man or a woman of faith. I'm going to say that again. Every one of us should be a God pleaser. And that means every one of us must walk with faith because if you want to be a God pleaser, you must, you must, you must. The principles of faith must be at the forefront of your spirit. And in understanding the principle of faith is for you to know the things you have already in Christ Jesus, the things you possess already that has been given to you, the avenue that you have to God. That's why Philippians says, in all things, be worried for nothing. If you know, for those of us who have been following from the first part, it says true prayer, supplication and thanksgiving i don't care whatever trouble it would be whatever challenges it would be philippians already told us be worried for nothing panic for nothing don't let fear grip your heart don't let um, um, unsettledness uh, um, come around you he says but in all things the scriptures considered everything and still says come unto god in all things Come unto God. He says, through prayer, supplications, and thanksgiving. 
One who thanks God is one who has the peace of God in his heart about a subject matter. And at times, you know, faith or peace boosts your faith. I'm going to say that again. The peace of God is a faith booster. The peace of God is a faith booster. Listen, let's put the father of faith on the stand, for example. Do you think if Abraham had panicked when God came to test him and said, you know what, go and offer your son, as much as it was a very difficult thing to do, but he knew with God he had peace. He knew that with God there was peace. There was something about, and that's why faith was easy. It was easier for him to walk the walk of faith because there was peace about the intentions of God. There are a lot of things that God might bring around the child of God you might not totally understand. But at times when you know fully well that you know what, I would rather trust in God than trust in any other thing. That alone gives you the peace and that's the reason why I said that would boost your faith. At times you have challenges of how of how to pray about a subject matter, which is one of the things that I'm going to be talking about when we have the, um, uh, the in-presence meetings very soon which I'm going to announce, you know, at times, at times when your, 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 your faith, you know, even to open your mouth to pray can be a difficult or a difficult task. But when you permit the, that's what the Bible says, add to your faith, add to your faith, add to your faith. Peace is one of that that you have to your faith. I know it's a trying time. I know it's a trying situation, but I have the peace of God in my spirit. At times, that thought alone allows you to open your mouth and say, Father, I thank you. Whew. Father, I thank you. There are times when you are going through the, the, the most toughest of the toughest situation and the devil knows that crying is not going to solve it. That's why I, you know, I've preached this before. You know, uh, crying does not ultimately, God never promised anybody that by your tears I will change situations. Yes, things might move you, move you emotionally to tears start falling down your eyes. That's okay. There are times where there are some, some things would happen that you were like, wow, Lord. But what God still honors and what God still uh, moves towards is that ministry of prayer, that worshiper that would come despite everything. And when you let the peace of God rule to, 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 to go first in your heart and your spirit, it helps you. It helps you to be one who prays better. For example, I was saying last week, just after the podcast, I was saying that what certain people don't also understand. The Bible says angels are ministering spirit. Let me show us that quickly. Let me show us that quickly. Uh, Because I want to use that to teach something. I want to use that to teach something. Hebrews in 1, Hebrews in 1, if you have your Bible, let's just quickly go to Hebrews in 1. I made a statement last week, and maybe certain people who might not understand that trick. I'm going to use Hebrews to teach that so that you would understand the reason why it is important for you to have to to, to know why the attribute called peace is essential. And as you notice, what I when I started by saying what the first part, I said the peace of God is not what you you labor to get, is not what you you strive to get, is not what you know, is what you must acknowledge that you have as a Christian. I just read Colossians now, where the Bible told us that having made peace through His blood, it had to be it had to be inserted into that scripture, so that as Christians we know that we have that peace already. Hebrews, let me show us something. Hebrews one, let us start from. Okay, let's start from verse 12. The Bible said, and as a verse, 
vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But verse 13, but to which of the angels said he at time, Sit, sit, sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Now look at verse 14. And are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation? I hope you can see that. Who shall be heirs of salvation? If you read this part now in verse 14, now he's talking about the same Hebrews one I just read. He's talking about angels. That's why he said, look at verse 13. He said, but to which angel, but to which angel said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Now, the author of Hebrew here is trying to explain something and all of a sudden in the conversation, the words or the, 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 the speech or the, the title, he called out angels here. And in verse 14, he defined these angels. He says, for are they not ministering spirits? You know, those of you who were at the closing of the podcast last week, you remember when I said this, but I didn't put it on the record. It, you know, and I'm about to share a certain secret. He says in verse 14, he said, are they not ministering spirits? Saints. He's talking about angels now. Saints. To minister for them who are heirs of salvation. What does heir mean? Somebody who has an inheritance. Somebody who has a place in a will. And he calls it heir of salvation. Every Christian is a benefactor of what Jesus did. And that's what he's talking about. So when he comes here and he says, angels are sent to minister to them who shall be. Then he's, in the scriptures, he was talking about who shall be. The shall be he's talking about is right now present. He's talking about the Christians now who are who are Christians. Here, living on earth or living in any part of the world. He says the angels are ministering spirits. Sent forth to minister unto them. That's the responsibility of angels to us as Christians. And I was sharing with certain people last week that every Christian has an angel assigned to him. That's true. Multiple scriptures shows us that angels are signed. That's why first the, the 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 I wouldn't want to call him an angel, the spirit of the Lord. We know another translation calls him the angel of God's presence. There are different places where the Holy Spirit is demified or is, is called different names. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, has the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. Because that's another attribute that, you know, the Bible talks about you shall be sealed with the spirit of promise. God, through prophecies, through multiple words, talked about that the moment they are saved, he seals them with the spirit of promise. That's the reason why I said every Christian has the Holy Ghost. You know, you might have it in various measure. That is a conversation for another day, but everyone has. The same way we have the angel of the Lord's presence, or we have the spirit of the Lord, or we have the Holy Spirit alive in us, in us, and walking us, is the same way we have the angels that God has created walking for our behalf. But I said certain things. Those guys don't move when war are spoken out of fear they don't move when words are spoken that lacks faith they don't move when words are spoken that lacks power that's the reason why when you reach somewhere in 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 romans let me quickly just uh for the sake of this teaching let me go to romans 8 you will see that at the end of the day all these things make sense in romans 8 let me show us something quickly let's start from verse 5 
See, Romans says it's literally loaded. I'm using this to explain this so that you understand how the faith talk is empowered by one who is empowered by the word of the Lord. That's good because the Bible says faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word. But at the same time, the attributes of the, 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 the spiritual attributes, which peace is one of them, is needed. The Bible says here, let's check. From verse 5, Romans 18 verse 5, he says, For they that are after the flesh do not mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the flesh do not mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. But to be carnally minded is dead, but to be spiritually minded is life. And what? <laughs> is life and what? Peace. Did you see that now? So when I was talking about it last week, that we really need to be careful. A spiritual man is definitely one that... That, that that you know for the lack of a better word he 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 carries peace everywhere around him that is one of the attributes of the things in the spirit you cannot panic to want to get god to move that's why i don't know how else to shout this from the mountain top don't wait until the last minute when uh, you're already fidgeting and you think you want to go to god in prayer that is not the best way you know that is not the best way that's why i said certain things last week i said listen don't wait until you have a reason before you go to god to pray don't wait until uh, when the mountains are coming down you that you don't have a life in the spirit you that you don't have all those things packaged for you already all of a sudden when things start happening you're now you're now you don't want to rush to the place of prayer no the peace the attributes that that peace is supposed to come with you you've not developed it over the years You've not. That's why I said last week. I don't know. I might be wrong if it might. If it's not the maybe it's part three or part two. You might need to listen to where I thought about that. I said if if I remember the words that I said categorically, what I said was, do not wait until you are in a fix. Do not let fear drive you to the place of prayer. Do not let anxiety drive you to the place of prayer. When you are already on that level, you already, it's pretty much, you know, the, another way I put it is, is, listen, the fact that you are going to a place of prayer doesn't mean you are going there to pray right. It is as important to pray, the same way it is important to pray, it is equally as important to pray right. Yes, that's the way I put it. The same way, because you can go to the place of prayer to pray, which I expect every Christian is to, but you can go there to pray the wrong way. You can go there to pray on scriptural prayers. That's why Jesus will say things like, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, don't even pray yet. Go and reconcile with that neighbor first and come back to the place of prayer. That means you can go to, you can say, okay, I want to separate two hours, one hour, 15 minutes, five minutes to prayer. Child of God, it is beautiful. And don't get me wrong, that is awesome. It's a good starting point. But the same way that is very important for you to do, make sure the posture you take to God in the place of prayer also matters. That's why you have to be spiritual all the time. There is no such a thing as, um, a Christian who <laughs> today you are spiritual, tomorrow you are not spiritual. You are supposed to be spiritual all the time. A Christian actually is the spiritual being. That's the truth. You know, that's the truth. I was meditating on something this morning, which it was a, it was a conversation, I think, early this year, which, you know, the Holy Spirit is blowing it up. Every Christian is a prophetic being. Every child of God is a prophetic child. And that carries weight. That has been developing in my spirit. You never can tell if I'm led to teach about it. Um, um, in the next um, series, all well and good. But you must know that there is a prophetic side to you. 
There is a prophetic side to you, child of God. The same way there is a spiritual side to you. And that is your real identity. Don't ever look at yourself in the mirror, child of God, and say, Oh, I am just this beautiful, um, awesome, handsome guy, lady. That is good. But there is more to you than that. That's what the Bible says in Romans 8. He said, For to be carnally minded is death. You have, you can put that in the back of your mind. If you want to roll with God with a carnal mind, your destination, he has said it, it would only lead to death. Not necessarily physical death now, by the way, but he can assure you that nothing that would come from a carnal mindset approach to the things of God would yield life. I'm going to say that again. There is no, no planning, no rushing, no emergency, nothing. As long as it is done with a carnal mindset, the scripture already told you the result. That's why it says, um, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. And he didn't end it there. He says it's life and peace. It is important. Let me tell you one of the reasons why, you know, I said something very heavy last week. I said it's, 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 it's an insult to disbelieve God. You know, some of you might have never have heard it like that before. It might not, it's you indirectly, uh, uh, insulting him when you say you don't believe in him. And listen, you saying you don't believe in God does not mean you come out and say, I don't believe in God. No, no, no. That's not how God doesn't judge unbelievers un by that. He says, by their fruits, you shall know them. By the things they do, by the way they carry themselves. Listen, faith is not when you come and say, oh, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. And you just, oh, the words of declaration. Yes, that is a part of it. Don't get me wrong. But it is best illustrated by your action. That's why James, one of the profound teachers of faith, he says, show me a man of faith. I will show you his works. I can tell a man of faith by the works that he does. A man of faith sees the same challenge that every other person sees, but he knows that he's a spiritual being. Therefore, life and peace must flow from him. You cannot have life and fear at the same time. You cannot have life and lack of peace at the same time. No, it goes one, you cannot separate them. That's why when you find a man that is full of the life of God, is a man that is full of the peace of God. I'm going to say that again. When you see a man or an individual filled with the life of God, it must come with the peace of God. I don't know how best to explain that. It must come with the peace of God. The peace of God has to be in it somewhere. Listen, you can be Jesus being hung on the cross, a very painful experience, but you know that you would rather die in the hands of God. That's why he said, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. Listen, it was a painful experience, don't get me wrong, but he would rather commit his hand, his dying life into the hands of God. That's the reason why even when Jesus went to hell, he was still king. I'm, I'm, I'm saying things. Even when he went to hell, even when he died and he was in the grave for three days, his lordship was still intact. Why? Because there was someone who he placed his life in. And that person is the very source of life, the very source of peace. That's the reason why when you see some of us being calm in the storm, doesn't mean we don't see the storms around us, but we choose something else. We choose to see something else. We choose to walk by something else. You know, when I was meditating on something, 
you know, when I was, I just spoke about the prophetic side of every Christian. It is only a Christian that can say when there is a casting down, when there is a casting down, some of us will say there is a lifting up. That is the prophetic side. It's not every time you can explain the prophetic. How can everybody be saying when there is a casting down? The scriptures never said you are going to look at your bank account and say there is a lifting up. He never said you are going to look at the budget speech and say there is a lifting up. At times, what the scripture says is let the peace of God rule your heart and speak from that place and watch things happen. Let the peace of God dwell in your home, in your spirit, in everything and speak from that place. Because listen, there will always be a platform to present to you. The devil knows fully well. You know, one of the reasons why you must know the word as a child of God, I've said this before, the devil knows the scripture. He knows the scripture. That's why you cannot afford to be ignorant. That dude knows the scripture well. He's a spiritual being as well. Mm-hmm. He is. So if you are not alive to that spiritual side of yours, you're going to take a lot of things for granted. Where you are supposed to be speaking life, you would be moved by what is around you. You will let your spirit, and listen, rule from your spirit. Command from your spirit. Leave from your spirit. Child of God, I cannot overemphasize that that part. Leave from your spirit. Do not be a carnal Christian. When I say carnal, I'm not even talking about carnality in terms of people who sleep around, people who... Mm, mm, mm. Some of us have left that realm. You know, I learned that through one of my mentors. Some of us have left that realm. Well, you know, I was sharing with someone yesterday. The Bible says... If I remember where I read from, I think it was somewhere in Romans. The Bible says, what is done outside outside of faith is sin. Some of us don't need to wait until we sleep with a woman or take money from illegal race or do shady things before we say we are stepping in sin. The Bible says, as long as you are, you are, you are walking outside the confines of faith, be very careful. Sin is around the corner. That's where some of us are. Anything that would want to come and take faith away from you. The Bible already says, he said anything. Okay, let me look for that scripture so that at least i shared it with someone yesterday so for the sake of anyone listening to me i will say okay where is this preacher quoting from let me it's somewhere in romans just give me a minute let me look it up uh romans 14 romans 14 let me read it so that for the sake of people who might not okay i'm, I'm where do i even which of the scriptures do i even read romans 14 in verse 23 romans 14 in verse 23 the bible says but the man who has doubt is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith for everything that does not comes from faith i don't know what translation i'm reading i just clicked the first one that popped up in my screen he said for anything that does not come from faith is sin you see that now this is the reality of what some of us are living by some of us don't need to wait until 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 uh, uh the lady comes the boy comes the money comes the all those shady things that you know you are not supposed to be doing the fornications the adultery the stealing all those things that god laid out no some of us have left that realm and i'm not saying this to try to condemn anyone or to try to say maybe some of us are perfect i think i explained that to someone as well yesterday there is no such a thing that some of us have perfect work or perfect grace no all of us were created equally the only difference is just that some of us have some information and that's why we are sharing it with most of you as well listen 
every Christian is a spiritual being. God has designed the very best for you, the very best for me, the very best for every one of you. That's the reason why I said it last week as well. The first time God showed up to Joshua, one of the first things he said, he said the strong and the very courageous. Why is God emphasizing that? Most of the people God introduced himself to in the scriptures, he started by saying that, and I think that was one of the reasons why I concluded by saying, when you doubt God, it's not in your best interest. It's an indirect way of insulting and saying, God is not what he says he can do. God is not what you um, he talks about. That's what unbelief is. And that's what happens when you start to fidget, you start to panic, you start to do all of that. It would not help your faith. So when the scripture says anything that is done outside faith, Romans 14 and 23, it says will lead to sin. Child of God, that is a safe rage that you must be. That's why you check yourself that, okay, come, this thing has to be done in faith. This thing has to walk by faith. This thing has to be upheld by faith. This thing has to be, it has to be. It has to, if faith starts it, faith must continue it and faith must finish it. I must say that again. If faith starts it, faith must continue it and faith must finish it. The life you have in Christ today was gotten by faith was gotten by faith that's why hebrews in 9 or hebrews 10 9 or 9 10 i hope i'm not mistaken around he says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made by salvation that faith that you proclaim the day you gave your heart back to christ started with the journey of faith and that if you notice the day you gave your heart to christ as well there is just this peace there is just this um, aura around you this calmness this confidence that you know that you now have peace with God. So don't then leave your life from one troubles of challenges and all of that. Let the letting the devil lie to you to say, no, you are you are not this or no, you are you know anything below the standards of the word. That's why Romans 8, to go back back there again, he says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. You see that? And I, I'm, I'm for the sake of this teaching, the carnal mind is not one who, I'm not even talking about uh, those who um, fornicate and all of that. A carnal mind, a mind that cannot believe God for what God says and what God promised. That is another definition of a carnal mind. A carnal mind is a carnal mind is one who you don't, you don't, you don't, you, you, you believe more in the ability of what the devil can do than what God can do. That's fear. That is you doubting. That is you not believing. That's why Jesus said, did I not tell you if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And certain times, even if certain issues are not forthcoming your way. Listen, don't think the devil just wants you to panic, panic because maybe that rent is not coming through. Listen, ultimately, that's why you see people, they say, uh, because I prayed to God and certain things I was trusting God for did not happen. They started, they now start having um, silent beef. <laughs> Permit me to borrow that word, silent beef with God. Before you know it, they start walking out on church. They start walking out on things. And without you knowing, you have put yourself on a trap for the devil to be able to make pray for. Don't forget what the scriptures told us. The Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion going about looking for whom to devour. Looking for whom to devour. That is to tell you that people put themselves in that place whereby they qualify themselves for that scripture. The devil is not looking for everybody. And I'm going to say that on top of every mountain, on top of every, every, every 
mountain top. He's not looking for everybody. Certain people put themselves in that condition where they become victims. The Bible says even when we see all of that, it says with your shield of faith, go back to your Ephesians and read it. It says with your shield of faith, you will be able to quench every fiery dart of the adversary. God has equipped every one of us with what it takes to become superior to every tactics of the adversary. He's going to throw tantrums. What did I start with in John 16 that we read? The Bible says, my peace I give to you. In this world, you shall have many tribulations. Jesus never said we're not going to have tribulations. He told us we're going to have. But what do we do in the face of tribulation? That's where this information is needed. What do you do in the face of tribulation? What do you do in the days of adversary? What do you do in the days of all those? That's where the test of faith itself would really come. And that's why when the Bible says for a because a kind of mind is enmity against God, for it is not submitted to the law of God, neither in, neither indeed can can be. Verse eight, Romans eight. Now, so then, they that in the flesh cannot please God. Listen, I, I don't. I, I wish there was a way to simplify this grammar. It is self-explanatory. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you if you see the scripture right now, you won't understand why I'm teaching this way, why I'm preaching this way. Listen, daughter, man, whatever it is you are listening to this, I sympathize with you. Yes, and to be honest, as a pastor, as a preacher, I've heard people come and say some things that, Lord, you know, sir, this is happening, that happened, that happened, that happened. But I can tell you categorically, that is not, is not, is not, is not, it's not enough reason for you to now switch. It's not enough reason for you to now give up on God. What the devil wants to do is to make you capitalize on all those things, take fear out of your heart, put fear in it, and before you know it, you start reacting. You start reacting without even knowing. You start talking funny. You start talking fear. You start oozing out fear. You start displaying fear even without knowing. Do you know that there are some conversations that are, some of them even say it in so nice ways. The fact that you are talking in, saying a nice word doesn't mean it's a faith word and the fact that someone is speaking to you in a very um uh, harsh or maybe well if by your definition you call it harsh that doesn't mean it's not a word of faith no that's not how you determine it for because if you check it he said they that are in the flesh cannot please god you have to know you have to know god to understand why Paul, when writing to Romans, spoke like this. There is no way. We've seen it from multiple locations. If you are in the flesh, you cannot please God. You cannot. You cannot. That's why you have to imbibe that spiritual awakening. The Bible says in verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but ye are in the spirit. If so, that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, you see this part now. Now, don't forget, how did we get here? I was talking about the ministry of angels. I've not forgotten. I'm going to go there. I'm going to end. Because I want to show you that those angels, the angels we talked about in Hebrews 1.14, they were created by God. And the Bible calls them ministering spirits. But they will not respond if you talk out of fear. The same way the word of the Lord will not work if you speak it out of fear, if you speak it out of panic, if you feel it, speak it out of um, um, all those things that does not surround the peace of God. That's why when you look at the peace, the attribute, the personality, or the, 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 the one of the major attributes of that peace is it comes to, to as, I call, as I said some minutes ago, it boosts your faith. It boosts your faith because you permitted it to be able to, um, to take presence. Verse 9, it says, but ye are not in the flesh, but ye are in the spirit. If so, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not spirit, have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of him. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. 
there's this particular scripture that I'm looking for. Yes, yes, I found it. Let's go to let's go to uh, let's start from verse 15. The Bible says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Did you see that? For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So that means when you come from that angle, you, you we have not we are not of that spirit. So when you want to speak by that spirit, nothing in the spiritual will respond to you. Because it says, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Because when that fear comes and you don't substitute it with the peace of God, he says, see what he calls it. He said, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's what all those attributes do. Fear keeps you in the bondage. Unbelief keeps you in the bondage. That's why the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, what did he say? He said, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The same way it is. Because don't forget Galatians 5 that we read in part 2. And the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy. What's the third one that I talked about? Peace. So where that Spirit is, there is no bondage. I hope, I hope it's making sense. Where that Spirit strives, there is no bondage. There is liberty. So it's it, it, see I can I can stay on this teach it from multiple angles and as I'm talking about this I'm also I'm also most of the time when I go back to listen to this I, 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 these words also jump back to me because listen God doesn't have any other quick fix or uh, backup solution to say okay if plan A doesn't work plan B will work no God doesn't work that way Christ is plan A plan B plan C plan plan Z. <laughs> There is no other plan outside Christ. That's why the principles that God has laid down for us, we're supposed to take it, read it, understand it, and use that to live a victorious life. Angels are meant to respond to us. They are. When we speak in the spirit, things are meant to happen. You know, I'm going to round off here. You know, when you read the later parts of this Romans 9, you see the Bible talks about the spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought to. But the spirit helpeth our infirmities. And the Bible says it gives us word that cannot be altered. Listen, if your spirit is filled with fear, hatred, betray, all those negative things, the spirit cannot help such. It cannot. The Bible in another scripture, you know, says, follow peace with all men. If you are one who as a spiritual folk, which the peace of God rules your heart, you are not, you should not be known for trouble. Everywhere you go, you are, you are, you are trouble personified. That is not a good attribute of a Christian. Everywhere you go, the peace of God should be shown through you, should be spoken through you. When you talk to people, you should be able to communicate that peace as well. What people don't understand that communication go a long way. There are certain people that you may you finish talking to them, you just start to ah ah. That's why at times some of us disconnect from some of this mainstream media. Sometimes it's not necessarily because I have any issues with them, but man, those guys will breathe fear down your neck, and you are what you feed on. Your spirit doesn't feed on McDonald's and all of that. If you like eat McDonald's from now to tomorrow, you are not going to be more spiritual. You are just going to gain weight. And that itself, it's not really a good one. Your spirit feeds on words because words are spirit. It feeds on word. That's why you must surround yourself as well with those words. That's the reason why at the same time, when you want to put out words, you know, I was sharing with someone yesterday, as Christians, we should not judge things by the final outlook. There is a behind the scene. When you see a man coming and say, rise up in the name of Jesus, it is not in how he said it. So you can go back to your own house and say, okay, the, the, the man did like this. 
rise up in the name of Jesus, nothing will happen. No, it is the spirit behind what he's saying that is causing power to happen. So you can say the same thing, but with fear behind you, it's not going to happen. You can say the same thing, but with doubt behind you that, ah, is this word really going to work? That's not going to happen. That's the reason why you can say the same thing and you're not getting the same results. That's why, you know, there is a, you know, there is a difference between faith and believing. I stumbled upon that teaching a while back. <laughs> faith, faith, let me not, let me not digress this. There's a difference between faith and believing. The Bible says the devils believes and they tremble. It's not, it's not, it's not, and everybody who says they have faith, they can visualize it or talk about it, but at the end of the day, what they do behind the scene. That's why a man of faith as well is not caught off guard. You know, for example, someone laid, taught it this way. You know, you see Christians who pray in the morning and say, Oh Lord, you know, today they say, they confess it, they do all of that. But when they go out and they are faced with reality, they'll say, Ah, things are just difficult. Things are just very, very hard everywhere. That way you are confusing your human spirit. You are. You are. Hopefully, maybe when I talk about the prophetic side of every Christian, I don't know, that thought has just not left me. There is a prophetic side to every Christian. The prophetic is, is, is accurate. Once one thing is said, nothing changes it. The fact that it's not happening right away, they, don't, they are not moved. They retain what is being said. And that attribute is also the same for every Christian. I'm going to wrap up here. We are just going to have one more, one more uh, conversation about you know this piece of God. I've taught four four parts now, and I'm looking at us maybe on Friday. Um, it would also be made available on the podcast as well. I'm looking at us on Friday having a get together whereby I can at least have questions, um, ask questions. We can talk because I, I've always you know I've always prayed this prayer that I, you know I want to be a practical preacher. And what do I mean? I want people to be able to let them identify themselves in the word. You know, let them let them be able to look at the word and say, "Wow, this scripture is talking to me." Let us practicalize the scriptures. That's why at times, yes, I study, read sermons, do all of that, read scriptures. But I, I always like a situation whereby when people throw things, things that are not prepared for. That's why you have to live a prepared life as a preacher. Things that are not prepared for. Let it not be as if this pastor is just bringing everything. Let's go to the scriptures ourselves and search for it. Don't take my word for it. Go back to the scripture. So I'm looking at on the third of third of March. I'm proposing for us to have um, a, 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 an, an interactive meeting. It's going to be a Friday, you know. And please, I'm going to let the, at least from today, if you're here, part of the admin team, please let the message go around. Um, the location and everywhere will be communicated. The media team will have to set up, you know, in that place so that at least we can record for those at the podcast as well. Because I want people to ask real-life questions about, okay, talking about this or talking about this, how do I, how do I? There are a lot of them who, they don't know that, you know, especially when you... For example, when you have grudges against people, you know, that that might humble or that might hinder you having that peace. That's why every any Christian, if anything you are doing and the Holy Ghost is convicting you that, that there is just not this peace in your spirit about it, let it go. Let it go. We are we, the world right now is in a delicate state to say you want to hold grudges. If the Holy Ghost is talking to you about someone that this person plays a phone call. Settle the matter and all of that issue. You just, listen, it, it, it might just be the, the break to your next, the, the, the instruction to your next breakthrough 
And there are a lot of things like that. People don't even know that they, 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 they are doing things that are, you know, that are pretty much like hindrance. And it is in that uh, meeting that I want to talk about it. I want us to be practical about it. At least you would understand that as long as it, it concerns the peace of God, it is not it is not God holding it back. No, it is not God holding it back. The peace of God has been given freely. But for it to be at work, and that's why I explained this is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. You cannot want to flow in that peace of God. If, and you, for example, a popular scripture, the Bible says there is no peace for the wicked. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. While I was praying, this scripture came to my mind. There is no peace for the wicked. So if you want the peace of God to rule your heart, you know, you, you cannot, you know, that scripture, I might not be able to turn there because I want to wrap up now. But if, you, if you're writing, you can go back and maybe look it up. Where the Bible said there is no peace for the wicked. Now, the reason why I'm talking about that here, yeah, I found it. Isaiah 44 and 22. The Bible says there is no peace for the wicked, say it unto the Lord, say it the Lord unto the wicked. You cannot, you know, all of this is, I've had them written now. We're going to share it on Friday when we meet. The reason why I'm talking about all of this is because I want to be a balanced preacher as well. What do I mean by balanced preacher? I want to be able to teach you to understand that come. As Christians, we already have this. But some of the reasons why that part of our lives would not blossom at times might be based on some of the things that you do. For example, the Bible says, do not frustrate the Holy Ghost. When the Bible says do not frustrate the Holy Ghost, the way some of us think about it is this. God is not writing that scripture for people who don't have the Holy Spirit. Because you must have the Holy Spirit for you to be able to frustrate him. So that scripture is not for unbelievers. I just let you <laughs> I just let you into a beef of my thoughts, how I think. You understand what I'm saying? So the fact that you have the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you can frustrate him through the things that you do. So it's not going to be that God did not give you his spirit, but by your actions, you are frustrating his ministry in your life. Listen, you don't want to miss Friday. We are going to be, there are certain things about the same peace that I'm going to be bringing out. It's not that you don't have that peace. At times it's your ways you need to change. The reason why that peace will not gain to, and listen, all these things are spiritual in nature. That's why you cannot say to yourself, there is no side of you as a Christian that is not spiritual. That is the first trick the devil brings to you. That's why you cannot have unforgiveness. You cannot have beef. You cannot have malice. You cannot say, uh, I, I will show you my true color. No, a Christian don't talk that way. Your true color, when you start speaking that way, you are, you are trying to leave duplicity. That's why you cannot sit on the fence. You cannot say peace rules this heart and you are the reason of sorrow for another set of people. You cannot say the peace of God rules this heart and when some people are, <laughs> are praying for things that are sorrowful to them, you are the reason why they are praying that kind of prayer. And that's why it is my prayer that as, as pastors, this is a time not to be, don't look at status. Don't look at, if there are people in your congregation, some of them politicians, some of them business associates, some of them awesome people that God has created, all well and good. But you must be able to bring the word to everyone. You cannot be a counselor and what is supposed, or you're a president or, what, or a governor or a minister, and what is supposed to be used for the betterment of the lives of others. Because of the office that you are, you've, you've messed up the whole thing. People are going through. The Bible says there is no peace for the wicked. I was the same one that taught you the peace of God, right? But this is the balance. And I'm going to put all of that out as well on Friday. And I'm saying this not to... Listen, if the church really stands in her place, the way God has ordained it to be, 
everybody will be at peace. You you will not you before you will hate your neighbor, you will think twice. Because hating your neighbor, according to the scripture, means you don't like yourself. What did Jesus say? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And as a preacher, I'm making this declaration. Any Christian who says he hates someone, you don't like yourself. And they are not my words. They are the words of Jesus. If you love yourself, love your neighbor. Period. Let's not try to over-spiritualize it. That is what that scripture means. So you cannot say you, you, are the, you are the president or you are the counselor or you are the head of a department in your office or in those little, little areas. And that's why pastors in these days speak with the boldness of the Holy Ghost. If they want to take their title away, let them take it away. Listen, there are certain things God is putting in my spirit where truth conference is concerned. Some unpopular things. God never called any pastor to be popular. There is no preacher in the scriptures that the essence, the reason why God gave you the teaching gift is so that you can be popular. That's not, uh, you can be popular and people are going to hell. Let me tell you, one of the reasons why I have the liberty and the full, the full boldness to preach like this is because I have an audience with God. We almost come to that point. I'm the, I'm the same one who taught you the peace of God. But you cannot be talking about the peace of God and you are the reason why some people are going through sorrow. Read it when you in your in your in your spare time. At least this is still part of the podcast. And that's why you don't want to miss next week. If you notice my tone has changed a bit because there are certain times we need to put these things in, in balance. Isaiah 44, verse 22. There is no peace for the wicked. That cannot that cannot <laughs> that is, is, is a rule. Most of the wicked are unbelievers. That's true. I must also acknowledge that. Before you are a Christian filled with the Holy Ghost and you want to be wicked, something is wrong with, with you somewhere. And that is the reason why I talked about frustrating the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Spirit... Listen, in that your... Some people call it conscience. If the voice of the Holy Spirit cannot change you, cannot change you, that's when you fall victim to the, to the law. And I would rather... Let's correct ourselves here. God loves those. The Bible says, whom the Father loves, he chastises. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this, the, the, this morning's teachings. And I pray that, Lord, this word would build men and women of, 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 of faith. Men and women of, or that men would look at and say, wow, indeed, this is an ambassador. This is a representation of God. Lord, I pray that this morning, even as this word goes out, as the recordings made available, even on the podcast, I pray that every hearer would be blessed through your word. And I pray our increase of faith would come right in the spirits of many on all sides. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this or to join this morning. Uh, God bless you. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We know these words have encouraged and edified you. Now go on and walk in the truth of God's word 